Hey everyone, this is Ashley. I wanted to give you a heads up that we experienced some technical difficulties during this episode with the recording. So the video is affected in some spots, the audio is affected in some spots. It cut off the recording early at the end, so we don't really have a smooth transition out. We are very sorry about that, but we are also very excited to share this episode because it's the first time we've recorded with our friends Patty and Al from the Professional Lovers channel. We had a really good conversation, so I think there's a lot of still great stuff in there. Um, so yeah, just please be aware of that. Again, we're very sorry. We're working on it. And um, please enjoy the conversation and everyone have a happy new year. See ya. We are very excited to be covering season 12 of Married at First Sight. We just watched the matchmaking special, but today we have a very special recording because we are spending some time today with Patty and Al from the Professional Lovers channel, who cover Married at First Sight to talk about topics related to relationships. So welcome, Patty and Al. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. We are glad to be here. And you guys have been married for 27 years, am I correct? Seven years. So it's January 1, which means we're headed to 28. There we go. Oh, and that's a right. that's a big number. You got like years of experience of marriage behind us here to <laughs> to help us all these conversations. Yeah, yeah. All oh, my experiences. <laughs> you and my parents have four day um difference in your wedding dates. My oh, parents were 28 really? years on December 28th. <laughs> okay. All right, so we just covered the matchmaking special, a couple, or we just watched it a couple of days ago. So we actually meet the couples that we'll be seeing go through this experience in season 12. We have five couples. Um, so first of all, this is the first time we're seeing anybody at all. We're really getting introduced to them for the first time. So Patty and Al, I'm just curious your first impressions of just the whole group for the season 12 crew. Um, for me, <clears throat> I didn't have as many red flag vibes with this group as I mm -hmm. had with the last group. I had more questions with more of the individuals who got matched last season than I do for this season. So for me, that was that's pretty good. Similar here. Um, as individuals and how they presented themselves, I basically only had one concern, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and good. we're going to talk a lot about that concern because I'm very interested to hear who it is. <laughs> I don't know. For me, I definitely liked the new twists that they're bringing in. So last season, I really liked that we had a little more um, like thought diversity and just like a little more personality on the show. And we had different people. And um, this season, I get to see that even more. You know, we have more international representation. We have mm -hmm. someone who has been divorced. And I and we also have an um, interracial relationship. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's really great that the show is progressing <laughs> forward and saying, like, this is not one way fits all. Um, and so I, overall, I really liked that they're, like, taking the steps forward to see, like, what other kind of relationships really do work. Um, but I also had some concerns, some about, like, couples together, even though I like them individually, um, and others about like individuals that I'm worried, like bringing that into relationship could be something, but we'll see. So I think this always happens to me each season. In the beginning, I feel very optimistic and mm -hmm. hearing the experts, they I, I noticed this season they did a better job of kind of bringing us into their world of what they were thinking for each couple which is great. And um, hearing that, 
I'm like, okay, I see, I see what you're thinking. I see why these two people were paired. Um, I'm worried two episodes from now, I'm going to think the exact opposite. And like NASCAR, we're not going for the wrecks. I mean, we're looking at the processes and the positivity that an outcome will bring. I mean, and realistically, you always have the expectation that mm -hmm. a relationship or marriage is going to work. I don't think anybody mm -hmm. gets in thinking, oh, I'll give it a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, I hope not. I think most people are hoping the marriage is going to work. So we, we think the same way, right, yeah. Agu? We, we, we want the relationships yeah. to work. So it's going to be awesome. Fingers. Always optimistic first. Um, I did have a few things that could potentially be red flags that I noticed, but... Um, you know, at the end of the day, it I'm sure it's how the person, it's personalities and how they interact. So yeah, excited. I'm glad that we're we finally get to married at first sight back. <laughs> it's been a been a few months. Uh, I I think similar to you guys, Patty and Al, there were a few like red flags that came up for me. I think my interest is always in why people want like their answer to why they want to be a part of the this grand experiment mm -hmm. um and i felt like some people their responses were not what i would think is probably the best attitude to have going into a marriage um and also like a lot of people that are like i don't know i think it, again it's just hard to tell this early on because it does feel like i'm just like watching a job interview because people are putting on their best face. They're, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're doing their best to, to show the very best side of themselves, but humans are complex and we have bad days and we don't look great all the time and, you know, things are messy. And so I think um, I'm interested to see how flexible everyone will be going into the season and going through these situations, especially with the layer of the pandemic right now, mm -hmm. where it's going to require a lot of compromise and a lot of um, talking through things and not having really rigid expectations about who your partner is going to be. <laughs> and right. that's what I'm, I'm worried about because I didn't get that energy from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of felt like, oh, they're going to pair me with the perfect person who is going to make me happy. And it's going to be, you know, fairy tale, fairy tale butterflies from now on. So that always worries me, but we'll see. Once they actually get into it, it's always different. So to get into it, we have, um, let, let's start with Vincent and Brianna. So Vincent is 27, Brianna is 28. We met them. Um, I guess I'll just open it up to the floor. Did anyone have some some big feelings about them as individuals or as a couple? Dominican. They're Dominican. Of course, they're amazing. <laughs> Jumped right into that, right, my bell? <laughs> right away, I was like, woo-woo, we got the Dominican on the show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which means he is going to be an amazing person. I am not biased when I say that. <laughs> not. I, I picked up on it. I mean, again, I'm from the Bronx, so I, I can pick up on accents, especially Latin accents. Um, Patty wasn't aware i mean she didn't she didn't know yeah i that. didn't get that at all and i kind of felt that that he's he's definitely latino so um i think that'll be interesting i mean he his mild-mannered 
demeanor, you know, was something that I think any woman could appreciate. Not all women necessarily like, but I think that he brings something to um, a relationship that is not typical with the stereotypical male. And that's mm-hmm. an emotional or, or a caring or a compassionate demeanor. Mm-hmm. So was it just me or did anybody feel the same from last season's couple where he, the guy was very mild mannered and mild. sensitive and and the, the 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 woman was I don't open up easily with affection and mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> the same script. Um Miles and Karen 2.0. <laughs> um, you know, because that's what Brianna, that's how she described herself, right? I, I'm kind of closed off at first and I'm not, you know, extremely affectionate. Um, I'm very picky. That, that That's kind of a red flag word for me. Um, and, you know, would like my husband to make more money than me. I mean, so I don't know, some of the same... I got some of the same vibe from her as from the similar couple from last season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I agree because for me, so definitely picky is, is automatically a red flag for when someone says that. Um, yeah. And it kind of gave me the vibe. So not only did she say picky, but like you mentioned, making more money. That's a very quick to judgment vibe. Like, like Chris, for example, he makes six figures and that's like, like check of the box, right? Like does he make more money than you or not? But like mm-hmm. Vincent was talking about being an entrepreneur, a business owner, and that is a hard career to get into. I mean, like you have people here on the podcast that can tell you that very clearly is not an easy job or career to pursue. Right. Um, and I think for her, it's going to be, I am a little concerned that she's going to be a person that's quick to judge, whereas Vincent is going to need someone who is supportive, accepting, like open to the process. And I worry that could, that could clash a little bit. Because did, didn't Vincent say that he doesn't have a degree? Yeah, no, he doesn't have a degree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, again, because I think Brianna's, it, she was the engineer, mm-hmm. I, I think. Yep. So, mm-hmm. again, when you say I'm picky, and like you said, uh, if you're quick to rush to judgment, then you could judge the fact that, oh, he didn't go to college. He doesn't, you know, he's not really on my level. Um you know, from that angle and, you know, and then use that to judge whether or not he's an acceptable match or not, you know. Well, actually, I look at that as, you know, creating a balance. I mean, when two people are just too similar or so similar, it tends to be somewhat boring, (laughs) you know, whereas I think that, you know, not boring. No, well, the way we started off, but now thinking about it, the way we started off, my wife degreed, aspirations, career, whole bit. I was a grown man lying about my associate's degree, but now I have two degrees. But it was a situation where we were coming from two different yeah. sides of the coin. But mm-hmm. our personalities and characters and, you know, our DNA blended exceptionally well, which I believe in the case of Vincent and Brianna, there's potential. I believe that there's potential there because even as picky or 
specific as Brianna may tend to be, I think he, Vincent, can bring to the relationship a, a, an element that will allow her to kind of let down her wall a little bit and enjoy life. Everything isn't a challenge and, and you know, uh, a thing to conquer. And I'm not saying a person, but anybody that's so rigid, you know, they, they're just so focused that, you know, there's side mirrors on a car for a purpose. There's a rear view mirror for a purpose. Not that that's what you pay attention to, but you have other options to look at to just balance off things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that perspective a lot. And like the, the way that you can look at someone like Vincent and from maybe a very rigid perspective, be like, okay, he doesn't have a degree. I mean, I don't, know like what his financial situation is but he seems to have his own business and be doing all right he's supporting himself like you can look at that as like oh he doesn't have a degree and he's just like trying to figure it out in the world or you can look at it as like he doesn't have a degree but he's like so resourceful he's created a business out of nothing and has that like I think to go into like an entrepreneurial type role it's just you're a professional problem solver, which is like basically what an engineering degree is, but you paid for it, <laughs> you know, like it's, and so, yeah, like looking at is like, this is a man who can make, you know, something awesome out of kind of nothing. And he can see the potential in things and he's creative and he's persistent and he can, my bell's just like, yes, the Dominican, he's awesome. <laughs> I can see your <laughs> smile over there. <laughs> but like, I, I think that's a, a great quality. It just depends on if she can, um, kind of like not mm, make up her opinion of him too quickly. Mm -hmm. Because not having a degree doesn't mean not learned. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It doesn't right. mean not accomplished. Exactly. Right. One thing I did actually like want to say I thought was in a good way. So coming from a Dominican family and coming from a Hispanic like culture, like I see a lot of minority friends that are, um, are like me that have an upbringing that says, for to, someone to be successful, you have to pursue a STEM degree, science, technology, education, math, engineering, math, excuse me. And that means like very much this is successful and this is not successful. Mm -hmm. And growing up in, in this culture, I really have come to know that like there is um, a mentality that is this is what success looks like. And therefore, like um, it's really hard not to pursue that because like peer pressure, like you want to live up to family expectations, like you want to make your family happy. And like being and so I'm, I'm a first generation here and my parents didn't really have the option to think about all these other you know career aspirations that they wanted to when they were in dr and then being here like i got to think more about that because they wanted me like to really embrace the american culture and be like this is not only what you have the opportunity to do but you are also an american you're a dominican american and you are someone who can really pursue different passions and thankfully my parents are very open and accepting of that but not all Hispanic families are. And so I really applaud Vincent for being someone to think for himself and be like, hey, I understand that I can create success in a STEM degree, but I understand that I can also create success in something else. Mm -hmm. And I am sure, this is now me assuming, I am sure he has gone, like, he has gotten adversity from that to be like, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, with his ex, like, uh, you're not gonna, like, go to college, like, you're not gonna, like, be a doctor, you're not gonna be a dentist, like, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I wanna do, this is how I'm gonna be successful. And so, like, he already is, I would say, like, that speaks volumes for who he is as a person, that he has pursued this lifestyle, this career path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Uh, you, there's so many good points here. I just, I felt like I was just taking in knowledge uh, <laughs> left and right here. Um, I really love that you mentioned Miles because I didn't think that while well, watching it initially, but now that you mention it, I, you're right. I see so many similarities there. Um, and like they were a successful couple. It didn't feel like it while we were watching, but they, you know, they're together and they're happy. So um, I guess it's not necessarily bad to try to bring elements of that. My, um, so speaking of Miles, in the beginning, I remember Karen saying like, he was so nice. She wasn't sure if it was real. Like it felt like he was saying all the right things. Uh -huh. And genuine. Didn't feel genuine, right? And I didn't get that while watching the Miles and Karen season, but I got that a little bit with Vincent, where it's just he's saying all the right things, you know, like, oh yeah, I donated all my shoes to yeah. a person in need. Shoot. And that is amazing. That's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Are you saying that. so the fact that he had so many that he could donate? No, that he donated oh, shoes. Okay, gotcha. I mean, wearable shoes, shoes that he wore. And I mean, he had a closet that, you know, he seemed to be a dresser for just about all occasions. But I noticed that he only had black shoes. It, that's mm -hmm. what it appeared to me. And, you know, it made me think that, you know, you can't wear black shoes with everything that you have in your closet. And come to find out, he donated shoes. And I, that's admirable to me. And that's that's yeah. Me. And yet, Agu, you're saying that that made you kind of question. So yes, I I I'm. It's so admirable that it's so admirable. Oh, mispronounced that word. Yeah, mm -hmm. we got um, But it's just the the timing of that. I always get a part of me is. You know, like, are you saying this now because you're going to be on a television show where people are going to see you and make quick judgments? And that's unfair because he did the thing. He he did the great deed. Um, and I just, I want to do a better job of taking him you know, at his word. Uh, but I could see that being similar to the Miles and Karen season. Um, I think she's also going to have to be willing to do that of, when he says this is how he feels, he doesn't have an alter ulterior motive. Like he's coming from this perspective. And as a viewer, I'm already trying to remind myself that I could see that being even more difficult for her. So that's a potential red flag, but a good one. Like he's a, a very nice, caring person. The other thing was when they were, um, you know, telling him that he was selected. He happened to be working out at that occasion and he's like, yeah, you know, I want to be looking good. And like, again, per, like, like he could be doing this all the time, right? Like I have no, there's no, uh, this could be truthful, but it's not a coincidence that when people are in the dating mood that they try to work more on their physical appearance and, and working out and stuff like that. And that doesn't like, if you don't have that lifestyle, that's not something that you can maintain. So it's things like that where I think they're, I'm similar to you, I think they're gonna be great um, because he's that soft place 
where she can be all go, 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 and then he can bring in the fun and be more Relax. caring and it's like relax. It seems like he's going to be very affectionate, which is similar to Miles and Karen. Like that's a great thing. I think it's that's good to have a person in a relationship who is that way. Um but yeah, I'm a little I'm a little I'm hoping for them. Um and then the entrepreneur part, great point. Um he that's you're totally right, professional uh solver. My concern with that is similar, you know, we have many entrepreneurs and people who have, who are in that lifestyle. And like you said, it's very hard. And it's also one of those things that you can claim without doing the work. You know, like with a degree, you had to go through the process. You had to get the education. You had to take the test. You had to do... I know a lot of people who just throw entrepreneur on their bio. And it's like, do you have you gone through the process? Do you have your LLC? Do you have... Like, it's... There's work that goes into this. And every time I hear that, I get scared because it seems like he's living, it's supporting him. So it, it seems like he's doing it the right way. But it's one of those things that you could just claim and then you're not really living that life. So um, I'm I'm rooting for them. I think she is adorable and like super, like great teeth. And um, yeah, I just- You were trying to think on how white her teeth are. I was like, how do you do that? Great. Um, and uh, yeah, and just, so I think they have that perfect balance of she's going to be a little bit more analytical and he's going to be the the heart. And mm -hmm. I think that could, I think that could work quite a bit. I'm curious how their conversations about money are going to go, because that's going to come up at some point where if she's an engineer, that's a very stable career. She's going to have a very regular check. She knows what she's going to be making, you know, what's on her tax returns if he's an entrepreneur, that's going to be a little bit more variable. There might be, it's kind of like the feast and famine, depending on your industry, where like sometimes there's a lot coming in, sometimes there's less. And it's so, the exact same thing. So you just, you just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like everyone's approach to money is different. And like the way that I think the way that we think about money has a lot to do with like how you're brought up and kind of like your story about like, what kind of person is rich? What kind of person is poor? Does that have an effect on their morality? And like that can get really tangled and messy when I think it can just be money. And like, it's just a tool and a resource to live your life in a way that you want to, et cetera. Um, so I think specifically for them, I'm very interested to see um, how that conversation goes. Because also so. with her saying, I want him to make more money than me, that sounds like a a value where, you know, the man should be the, the main provider. provider. Yeah. And so therefore I need to know that he can take care of me and our household mm -hmm. by making more than I do. So mm -hmm. yes, that goes back to, to you, Ashley, thinking, you know, wondering mm -hmm. what the conversation is going to be like, because I mean, what it, doesn't he, he has, he's an auto broker, right? Mm -hmm. Is it that? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, I've been at it for three years and, you know, it, it, it creeps up and up. But, you know, we had to take a big cut, you know, in our household finances for me to be able to do that. 
And so even if you are working hard, right? Yeah. It's there's you never know. You you get a lot of business at one time and then it dries up for a certain you yeah. never know, you know, where you're gonna fall in that. So that will be a real interesting conversation. And that kind of, mm-hmm. and that makes me think about where in his entrepreneurial journey he is. So it sounds like he is newer in his entrepreneurial journey and he um, therefore is still working towards that. But from, you know, her standpoint, she wants somebody who already accomplished, who's already there. And that journey to get there for an entrepreneur is really hard. And he mentioned it. he needs someone who believes in him. He needs someone who supports him. And if she can't be there in that journey, that's really hard. Like, hey, like absolutely, if you were already past that, if you were an entrepreneur for 10 years now and he is like established, she'd be like, hey, yeah, like I'm like bring me on board. Like, please, like, you know, you're already making more than me. You're already accomplished. You're already established. But now is a very critical point in his journey that it's gonna be hard for her, I think. And I wonder how that plays into gender roles, because I wonder if she's saying, I want him to make more than me, because there's a security in that of like, if my career is affected by having children, which it likely will be for women, um, then she has his, you know, they have his um, financial resources to lean on in that time, because, you know, she wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to work as much or need to take a break or something. So, you know, is it, it, does it go into like the parenting part of it? I always wonder why that's a requirement. Like, why do you want your partner to make more than you? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it that you want to be able to kick up your feet at some point and be like, I want to figure out something else to do for work and like kind of have some space to do that and still be comfortable? Or is it something else? Um, so a lot of things to keep an eye on with them. And all those are yeah. ex- exceptionally valid points, you know, and in listening I'm thinking about things that not necessarily create red flags, but they're discussion points that make a show like this a little more challenging, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't have these, you don't have the opportunity to have these conversations prior. Beforehand, right. To saying I do, yeah. you know, these are things that mm-hmm. after the fact that, you know, hopefully the professionals have taken into consideration. And to a lot of what you had been saying, Ogu, you know, we have to understand that this is a show. So production is going to take the pieces that become most appealing to, you know, mm-hmm. the human, uh, whatever it is that they try to attach to, um, mm-hmm. to make a selection appealing or maybe even controversial to a certain degree. You know, they have to have drama. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but for the simple fact that, you know, they took a picture with him in front of the type of card that he was in front of. I was like, okay, if this is how you are brokering and this is yeah. one of the items that you have on the market and this has been your history, I don't know for how long, well, then you you on track, mm-hmm. you know. So how well you do it, we don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. those little components that we get to see are production providing those elements to allow us to make a determination, mm-hmm. which will be a whole story. Right. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, it, it reminds me of Michael from season 10 from Michael and Mika, yeah. where there's all these things about him being a yoga instructor and like things that could have been fact checked. And it seemed like it was real for a while. 
the miles on his car. Like he had a whole list of things that he felt like he had to kind of puff himself up with, but like it, none of it was, none of it was real. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's hop over like to Jake and Haley. I was going to go and defending him, but that's not, it's, it's not going to happen. We don't have enough time for that. <laughs> that's a separate episode. <laughs> All right. So Jacob and Haley. So Jacob is 38 and Haley is 28. So we have a, a big age difference, right? So Jacob is kind of like a self-described nerd. Like he's like kind of a nerd and a gym bro. Like if we were to give him two stereotypes <laughs> where like he, he seems very playful and creative, but also like very, um, he seems a little bit more reserved and Haley seems to just be like, she's been single for a while is, you know, looking forward to having some help finding a match since she had some like bad experiences with, with relationships in the past that caused her to like, want to stay on her own for a while. First impressions, what do y'all think of each of them? Well, again, Haley's been a bridesmaid, what, 14 times? <laughs> so I, can, I can imagine her feeling a certain type of pressure, but her as an individual, I, I looked at her as being a little, a certain matured element that I thought she brought that did you not did indicate that. her being mm -hmm. 28, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it, again, that's just my observation. Um, but on the flip side, Jacob, at the age of 38, my question was the fact that he appeared to be a gamer. And that in itself was like, really? Okay, that, that's interesting. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it, to me, to find yourself in a particular situation, when, when you minimize your environment, it seems that you lessen the broadening of your perspectives and, you know, going out and seeing people and, you know, engagement, you know, so that was that was a little interesting to me um, to be, you know, approaching 40 and you like twiddling your thumbs. That's just my perspective. <laughs> he could describe himself mm -hmm. as a hermit, mm -hmm. which means that he does spend a lot of time with his dogs and himself on his beach. Yeah. In front of his pool. He got his backyard. With his man cave. I know. <laughs> <laughs> at, at almost 40. If if she goes in there, I have a feeling they're going to have to change a lot of things. <laughs> like you can't, you're not, you know, the pool, the backyard, awesome. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling she's going to want to limit the man cave size. And yeah, it happens to all of us. <laughs> when you look at her, having been single for seven years, a bridesmaid 14 times, she described herself as I do what I want when I want. I have some walls up. I do think they're ready to come down, but she's off, she had walls up. I mm -hmm. I got a little sense of she's been as self-absorbed because you know when you are single um, and you are older, you get you, you yeah. I mean yeah. I I get to do what I want when I want. I I, I remember having that feeling. I mean when we met, we were both in our thirties, so. 
you know, I was single a long time too. And I understand what that feels like where you don't have to answer mm -hmm. anybody. You don't have to include anybody. You don't have to think about anybody. You, you go where you want, you buy what you want, you do what you want. And unless you're really ready to negotiate that difference and compromise that you have to negotiate if you do get married, you know, then, then we will see what the maturity level really is. And really for both of them, because they have been doing their own thing, their own way for a long time. And it's going to require, as Agu said, change. And that was one thing. So in season past, Ashley has brought to my attention, like someone thinking about um, fitting into their lifestyle versus like accommodating lifestyles. Or creating a new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I was a little worried about with Haley because through the reasons she described wanting a partner and how a partner is going to fit with her, that's what I heard. I mm -hmm. heard her saying like someone to bring with me, someone to do these things with me and someone to come along. And I didn't hear as much accommodating and bringing together as I, as I would have liked to hear. And I'm wondering if that's going to play a part. I mean, I think, you know, Jacob is very accommodating. He's been thinking more about like, what is it that I want in a partner and like how I can be for a partner. And, but I definitely have like some concerns from there too, but um, I'm interested to see if that's going to be something that eventually she gives way to a little bit. Maybe she was just talking it up for now and that's not really how she's going to play it out, but this will be interesting to see. Cause she did use the phrase someone to travel with me. Yeah. Which again made me think back to season eleven, and <laughs> Olivia. Yeah, you have to fit in with my group of friends perfectly, or else, yeah, that mm -hmm. sounds like a <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not a man, yeah. a, a pet for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you, I, I felt the very similar in terms of. Um, them together I have to be honest a part of me just eye tests just looking at them standing next to each other or looking at them side to side that looks like couples I've seen a lot like a part of my brain is like oh that's fine that's you'll see you see them all the time they look like that um which I know is super superficial <laughs> so no insight there, just going off of the eye test. But um, the fact that his diet is so steady, Rigid. yeah, that is, it's very interesting. One and that just does steak and eggs? Steak and eggs. Yeah. Steak and eggs for multiple years. And you, it seems like he was in the bodybuilding, or still is in the bodybuilding world. So that's a lot of discipline, a lot of... Uh, pushing, just a lot of pushing yourself. So I could see, it's funny when they mention that he's an IT, um, I just, I see a lot of him in some of the people that I work with. It's just that level of, you know, oh, I don't like um, mowing the yard. So I'm just going to put a beach back there, like problem solving on everything. Like it's, you know, um, Oh, I feel like it's just me in the house. I will get three dogs. Like it's it's like a certain level of problem solving where um, there's a little less 
nuance. It's a little bit more black and white. And I think that might be their situation. I'm getting elements of that. Um, that being said, I do think he seems like he's in the mindset of let's make this work. And I think sometimes that is very, very helpful in something like this. So I could see, let's say she is a little bit more set in her ways and just takes a little bit more time to open up and, and change her lifestyle. I could see him um, hanging, hanging in there for the journey. Um, you know, he kind of mentioned, he's like, yeah, I, I want to be, I want to be in a relationship by 40, da, da, da. Like, it sounds like he's going to try his best to make this work. Problem is, it might not be the right relationship and you're trying to make it work, but he's, he's going to try his best. So it seems that he's had a slightly longer journey and in that <laughs> life experience, you know, you become a little more patient, you know, with certain things and understanding that in a relationship, there's give and take and, you know, he may be, he may have a little more willingness than she may have at 28. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, uh, the age difference is quite a bit mm -hmm. though. So mm -hmm. I, I miss everyone on the hesitation there. My, uh, my parents had the age difference of 10 years. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, know that it can work <laughs> for first-hand experience um but you have to make a an effort like it's different generations so th that's going to be a factor um but weirdly i think i feel more confident about them than some of the other couples that we have this season so um ashley uh, what do you think I heard that. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like that you brought up um, Patty and Al, the Henry and, or not Henry and Olivia. I, I keep saying them together as if they're dating now and they're not. Um, Olivia and Brett is what I meant to say. But like where it's kind of like plugging someone into your lifestyle and like, it's like you're saying a pet, you know, that's kind of what you would expect. Like, oh, I got a new cat, like likes my friends. It's cool. You know, and that's not, it's, it's completely different than a partner and, you know, merging yeah. two lives together. And I, I think I see some of that same rigidity between both Jacob and Haley, where I get the sense from Jacob that he doesn't as much follow like the path in life that he really wants, but more like these are the things I should do to like kind of be okay and fit in. Like he brought up how when he was younger, he very briefly said when he was younger, he was like a little bit heavier and like that he kind of started doing the bodybuilding and all this stuff. We're like, this is the type of man I should be that like no one type of body is correct. We are all different and beautiful in our own ways. But that seemed to be the way that he felt like he had to be, to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, continued on with that. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but that that's what I noticed. And then things like, it seems like he, he loves his, you know, virtual worlds of video games and all these different mm -hmm. things, but he kind of tempers that with like, well, I, I, you know, I'm only doing it a little bit or like, it's kind of like just a part of my life, but I have all these other activities. So it's not the only thing that I do. And like talking about even when um, he said like, well, I was kind of, you know, thinking, oh man, you're getting close to 40. You should really be married by now. So again, it's kind of that should mentality of like, I should be at this point in life, but I'm not. And I don't know if he's really asking himself, do I want this? Is this something that I want or is it something that like I see a lot of people around me who have partners and they seem 
to be married at this stage and have children potentially or whatever. And so like, that's my number one concern with both of them is like, do you both want this or do you feel the pressure of everybody around you? And like, either way, that's fine. But just be honest with yourself. Because if we're forcing ourselves into a little corner of what we think we're supposed to be to be okay, then you're never going to be happy. It's exhausting. You're not being yourself. Like, there's no joy in that. That's to me, that's the whole point of relationships is the joy that comes with it of sharing the very benign and boring moments of life with someone else. And it's, you know, better because of that. So again, we'll see. I don't know, but that's kind of the feeling I get from both of them that it's kind of just like, well, this is the next step. So let's do it. Well, you know what? It's funny because very often with this whole married at first sight process, unfortunately, I think there are a lot of individuals, especially at older ages, who you would think that they know themselves or really know what they want or really know what kind of partner they will be, but they don't. They, they, they do. <laughs> then they get into this kind of a format, right, of arranged marriage, and they, then they discover, oh, that's not really what I want. Or, oh, that's, that's not really who I am. Or, you know, and, you know, and of course, it leads to the divorce if they don't, if they don't want to uh, step outside of that for real. And, and that's the other downside of this is that I think there are a lot of people, as you were saying, Ashley, who think they know themselves, who think they know what kind of partner they want. They say that they probably really believe it at that time when they're talking. And then when they get that kind of person, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't really want that. Mm-hmm. Or that didn't actually look the way I thought it was going to look, or it didn't play out the way I thought it was going to play out. And yeah, I don't want that. One thing that I noticed too with them though, is that for a lot of couples on the shows, we see something that helps them bond together and something that helps form that connection right away. Some, it could be childhood upbringing. Some, it could be parents' divorce. Some, it could be, you know, lifestyle choices. Um, And for them, they, they both are drawing to oh my gosh I want that partner and I want to be happy with someone and I want to be married and I think that'll help them like bond together and and come together because they're going to really empathize one with one another for it and I think it's also going to help them want to try more in their you know in this experiment (laughs) during this process and I mean it, it could lead to some red flags later down the road if they like all right, now we're, everything becomes a little comfortable after, like, it's not new anymore. But And that could give way to who they are individually to come together, and that could be red flags down the road. But I definitely think for, like, wanting to come together, that's really going to help them try to form a stronger connection. One other quick thing I noticed, actually, while we were talking about them, is the fact that she's been in so many weddings. She has a large friend group, I would assume, and is very social. I just just being in that many weddings, you have to know a lot of people. Yeah. While you mentioned he seems to be a bit more hermit and closed in socially, mm-hmm. I wonder now that that we're talking about this, like he's going to have to go to these weddings with her if they stay together. Oh, like you're, you're married by now. <laughs> hopefully that's like everybody in the group there's no more weddings to go to 
that's fair. Everyone in Atlanta is married now. <laughs> that's fair. But you're right. That can also become an issue. If one, mm -hmm. if one person is very social and the other one is not, there again, that could become, you know, a, a point of negotiation and compromise. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's going to be mm -hmm. something then with like their visual representation of each other? Because I think sometimes it's it's one thing when you get together in like your room by yourself, like you're, you and your partner, but then it's another thing when you're with your friends and if one person really cares about how you perceive, how you perceive by their friends and how you interact with their friends by this like level of expectation they have for you. Um, do you think that could become an issue for them then if she's like, hey, you're, you know, now have to be up to my friend's standard basically? Well, uh, as a person who is equally introverted and extroverted, um, but my my main go-to is being introverted, as in I, I'm a homebody. I like being at home. You know, I I sometimes have to force myself to go out. Whereas Al is very extroverted, very social. His his preference would be out there, and my preference would be in here. Okay. That's how we are too. Yeah. So, <laughs> but. <laughs> and you know, I am around people or I am out there, I I can you would not know that I'm an introvert. Let's just put it that way. You wouldn't know that because I know how to interact with people and I know how to be social. So I'm saying that to say that, you know, while um Jacob describes himself as a, a hermit-like person, we don't know yet what he's like on the outside. So it could be that when he gets around Haley's friends, whatever, that he will be able to to be social and not come off as being, you know, awkwardly dorky, the way he also describes himself as being a little dorky. Um, that that it won't be an awkward thing. That you know, so that will play itself out, you know, too. Yeah, yeah. As a self-proclaimed self-proclaimed yeah. introvert, like I, I felt everything you just said. <laughs> I just I. I this misconception that like introversion and extroversion has some correlation with social skills and it's I think it's more about like what kind of recharges you right we're like if you're extroverted being around other people that kind of gets that's the right energy for you right. if you're introverted you can be in that energy but not as long and you need to have some time to yourself exactly. to kind of get back up again you know right. yeah yeah so it's like it's, it's all that balance and for me like the context of social situations totally depends like right. sometimes I could do like certain types of situations for a long period of time others are it's just harder right. like I make myself do it but I don't like it you know right. and and so I think with him too it's a little hard to tell I think specifically for someone who identifies as a, a homebody in a pandemic who lives alone it's like yeah you're gonna be alone a lot right now like he's clearly like yeah. made a lot of effort to like put make his home comfortable right. and like fun right but he might not be able to socialize right now because it's not, yeah. you know, super safe. So it's hard to tell exactly what that is there, um, just given all the other factors. But mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was also concerned about like with friends, sometimes it's hard to like think, what is it that I want? Like who is a partner that I'm with and, and who I want to be with? And sometimes friends, um, if especially like you rely on a lot on your friend group for opinions, it could be, and there's a, like a lot of, if it's at least 14 best friends, um, to be like, uh, I don't like him. Uh, he needs to be more like this. And uh, but um, you know, 
Or she could be like, hey, I have all these friends, but like, I'm still going to be who I want to be with, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Well, talking about people who have got a lot going on in their lives, I think um, Chris and Paige we should talk about next. Church. How much right? time do we have? He might take another time. <laughs> he may need to be so all into himself. Oh, I don't know if I can go first. Maybe I should sit this about to laugh and just I'll just I'll chime in to Oh, this so this is this is the couple. I see. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll just say that to me, Chris is extremely self-centered, um, you know, and the existence of his significant other is for his significance, <laughs> you know, and I, like and, and I, I, just, I, I don't look at that as a partnership. You know, unfortunately, and and I could be wrong and it could be a situation where, again, production might just have picked out certain things that he indicated just for the show to make it to create that drama or whatever it is to make it appear that he's as self-centered as the production. Right. Right. Um, Because, again, relationship is about partnership. It's about balance. It's about bringing things to the table that enhances the unit, you know, and the manner in which he expressed a lot of the things that his significant other should be for him, for him, not to him, not with him, but for him. That scary. Yeah. Yeah. I feel for whoever that other person is. Well, in this case, we know who it is, but and but again, thinking about her, yeah. she has the an, an element that I think would be conducive to that type of relationship, but he still pushed it to an extreme. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna go last on this one. <laughs> I, I guess for me, the first thing that stood out was that, so I got annoyed watching Chris. Basically. <laughs> um, he is so superficial in what he thinks about like his partnership, his relationship that it irritated me so much. Like I felt it very degrading to a partner. I felt it very, um, I think degrading to him too, because like you are a whole person. You are not just this like little cutout that looks next to somebody. And you know, I don't know, they're just like, it, it gave a lot of, <laughs> um, I don't know, over importance to artificial, superficial, just perception of a relationship that I personally didn't like. But that's me personally not liking it. When I then saw Paige and was thinking about like, what do they want in partnerships and where do they want to be with the other person? I was like, okay, like maybe they will fit for each other again. Not for me, but <laughs> maybe like that's where they're they at least fit each other's mold. And I, I don't think that Paige is the kind of person to have that like mold mentality of a partner, but Chris definitely is. And I think though that she's gonna fit his, you know, mold, and then she is gonna be able to look for the partner that she wants and be able to appropriate like where is it that I wanna be and who I wanna be with. And I think that like could then help them work if they are you know, getting past that Chris's superficial mentality of a partner, you know, kind of thing. And I I, I think then they could work with each other. I'm interested to see how it's going to go. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, I was like, all right, I, I can move on to the next couple now. 
Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Hi. Exhale. <laughs> oh boy. Drop shoulders. Okay. I just, I just. The rest of the podcast is going to be a goose sighing. <laughs> cut. Cut. <laughs> okay. His hairstyle is unique. You know, uh, it's. It's a, it's a great, it's an interesting style. There's nothing good to say about somebody. <laughs> he, when I mentioned earlier, like some people like the title of entrepreneur, but not the work that goes. This is the personality that I was, that I was worried about. Um, so the scene in particular, when Pastor Kyle was at his place, and he was mentioning, oh, his like different brands of shoes. He's like, oh, I have Dolce and Gabbana and, and this and this and this. And that just like that, like if you're an entrepreneur, you're constantly reinvesting in your business. You're constantly reinvesting in your craft. It, when you start spending significant amount of your money to look cool, it's just, that's a scary thing for me now. If if he was working uh, a normal, more typical nine to five, that's, I'm fine with that. You know, do whatever you want to do with your money. He's not, I thought that he was like a financial advisor or something for somebody. Yeah. Finance manager at a, um, what do you say? I can't, when he moved from Florida, he had mentioned he got a six figure job in Atlanta for some company. Okay. He's working for someone. Yes, yeah, but so I might be, this might be me looking into this too mm -hmm. much, but typically for those type of roles from what I'm uh, familiar with, mm -hmm. those are like super salesman jobs. Okay. So he has, you know, he is working for someone, but you eat what you kill basically. So it's, it's feast or famine. Wow. That's a very aggressive way of saying it, but it's, you know, if he hits a great account, He's going to be doing amazing and there's going to be a lot of money. If you don't close on a big account, you're not going to be having that much income. Um, similar to, so in my personal life, we've a lot of uh, sales reps kind of have this situation where, you know, you close a, a Walmart, you're doing amazing. You have plenty of money. It takes you half a year to get just a meeting, you know, so you have to be, willing to manage your money. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Dogs are fighting. <laughs> um, but maybe he has a different situation. So I, I want to be kind in that, but I just, I got strong salesman energy where it's like, I will always get this money. I'm just going to always close. And her, she's a accountant, which I can identify more <laughs> with. And I have a feeling the moment she sees his finances, she's going to go, what are you doing? Like, you can't, like, where's your retirement? Where's, like, it's, I'm, I, hopefully that's not the case. But from a lot of the stuff I'm seeing, it seems like that. And leaving a pastor, religious family to go so money driven, that's not a bad thing. I you know, I love entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurs. I love businesses. I am a capitalist through and through, but there's a 
there's that's such a different lifestyle. And I don't know if that's rebelling. I don't know if I know there's some some religious, some pastors that are a little bit more financial prosperity type pastors. So maybe he comes pastors. Yeah, you know, maybe he comes from that type of family, but when he said that they weren't making great money, it makes me think that he just it's a more spiritual type of pastor. And if that's the case, that's so different. Like, how do you go from <laughs> that to being all about the paper and living out of your car and like amazing? But that just that was a red flag for me. So I like Paige though a lot. And I I I wish her the best. Like she seems like when she was talking about her family and she wants to do it right. So I, I'm I'm rooting for her. Yeah. Chris. Individually, Paige was one of my favorite people too when I was watching all these mm-hmm. files. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Before, I have thoughts on both what? of them, but before that, Patty and Ellen, I'm, I'm curious because you guys are in a religious community, you're in that world. Mm-hmm. What's your perspective on like Chris kind of leaving that environment to pursue a more like, in his words, like financially prosperous kind of environment? Like, what do you, what do you see there? Well, um, where I have taught, where I, where I spent my, my teaching uh, years at a private uh, faith-based college, then university, um, we, we, we tell people who are considering coming to work there um, that you, you need to feel called to do it because we are not making the kind of money that, you know, even state run colleges and universities make. Okay. So you, you can't come to teach there for money because you're not going to make any. Um, You teach there because you feel the need to give back and to, and to grow the, the programs or the discipline or to, to deal with the kind of students that you're going to have. We're an HBCU. So a lot of students are first generation college students and mm-hmm. they're not coming from, you know, private uh, uh, academies where it's a, it's a co- college prep. Acad- they're not coming from a lot of places like that. So, so that's going to be the, a different kind of student. So there are a lot of variables when you're dealing with uh, faith-based work. So, um, for him to decide that he didn't want to do that meant that he didn't really feel called to do that to me. It, it may have been that he was following, which children do a lot, is follow in the footsteps of their parents with what the careers that their parents have or the professions that their parents have. And it seemed like he basically just followed the path of his family into ministry and then decided that that wasn't going to be enough for him, which is okay because you need to, if that's the case, then he did the right thing by leaving. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you can't be in true ministry and not feel called to do that. And it's, and it's not based on money. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my feeling. What about you? No, no, very true. Very true. I mean, you can't, you can't have two masters. 
in his case, he understood what his family tradition had been, but mm -hmm. he wanted to make some money. And as a youngster, you know, when you get established, you feel adult, you feel grown. Well, I want to go out and make money. So I, I don't I don't want to do this because I know how we have struggled. Um, and that's assuming that there was a struggle because he indicated that money wasn't one of the plentiful things in his upbringing. So he wanted to make some money. So he decided to go in another direction, which is fine. Um, but that's just an element of him. And uh, there was just so many other things that, you know, make the complete person mm -hmm. and him as a complete person. Well, I, 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 I can't say a whole lot. I can't say a whole lot, you know, mm -hmm. regarding that because again, he just appeared to be so driven by his limited focus on what he wants right now. Yeah. So, I don't well, I, I'm gonna let Ashley give her thoughts. Then, then I'll, <laughs> I'll wrap it up. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's all right. Um, yeah, I felt like his his focus on money seemed more about having other people know he had money rather than him like seeing it as like the more money I have, the more resources I have, so I can like live my life in a way that means you know means the most to me. I can help the people I care about. I can be a you know have seven kids like come on but um it it was very much about that outward appearance like Agu, you were saying like when cal was there he was they're standing in front of his closet like cal can see he's got you know nice shoes in there but he had to tell him all the brands that were in there i couldn't even list five luxury brands in a row like that would take me all day to figure out but like he <laughs> knew exactly what he had and he um just that like that bothers me when it's like wealth for the sake of like, it's an ego thing. Then it's not like, Oh, I, I want to be able to build a something that no one's ever seen before and like do some project that you just need a lot of money for something like that. But it was all about like, people need to know that Chris is rich, you know, like that he's loaded. And I think Paige coming from a family that has a lot of divorce. Am I correct in this? That she was the one that like her, yeah. her parents have been divorced several times. Father, Which, three, like, mother three times. Yeah. Like, that's really hard, like, growing up like that. Like, I'm a kid of divorce. I've experienced one divorce. You know, I can't imagine, like, going through all those different things. But I think she has this expectation that, like, since the experts are picking the right person for her, that it'll be completely easy. And I don't know if, like, part of what makes a relationship successful is most of it really is the skills that you bring to the table of how to communicate, how to negotiate when you disagree, how to manage your own emotions and not be dependent on someone else to manage you. And, you know, like kind of be a whole person before you come together. Yeah. And I, I don't know if she fully gets that she needs to work on those skills and develop those skills in the relationship as much as, oh, she's going to show up and because they picked the perfect person, there will be no problems. Therefore, there will be no divorce. And so, I don't know. They just, I, I hope they're good, but I just see a lot of problems that could come up with them. It's just like, 
it always comes back to like that very rigid thinking for me of like, you have to be this or we're done, you know, kind of a thing. And like relationships are constant negotiation, communication, you're always changing, you're always growing and that's fine. But like, you have to be, you have to be down for that. Yeah. Um, I guess it's my turn, huh? <laughs> 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 Um, the he, Chris hit a lot of buttons for me. Um, like my bell, I got annoyed listening to him. Um, because one, I grew up in a family of four boys. I'm the only girl out of five children. So I know maleness. And mm -hmm. two, I did grow up in a spiritual faith-based family. Um, three, um, I grew up with parents from the, um, you know, the, the, the era of male, female roles. And when you put that in a church sense, then you're talking about, you know, when Chris used the word submissive, my hair bristled <laughs> because I know, I know how misused that word is in a church faith-based environment when it comes to mm -hmm. men talking about their women being submissive. So all of those things just, you know, the red flags just, they just popped up all over the place. And mm -hmm. and so, and, and I'm gonna admit that a lot of how he presented himself or how production presented him just turned me completely off. Like I, I was ready to just throw him out the window. And, and that's because in this kind of situation, you get these shortcut judgments based on what production allows you to see. So yeah. first, let me start off giving him kudos. He had a goal. He lived in his car. He understands what having nothing feels like. And now he's got what he wants. So I understand that, you know, I have nothing and now I have in, my estimation, everything. I have everything that I wanted to get. Therein, I think, lies some of that, you know, I've got to tell you what brands I wear. I can, you know, get a Rolex watch if I want to. I, because I, ha I lived in my car for however many months or years, okay? So I, I get some of that. But the rest of it is, to me, it, it does come across as ego feeding. I need a wife who's submissive. Yet, I need her to be sexy. I need her to be a freak. Okay? Terminology. Yeah, the terminology. I need you to be sexy and a freak. I want a maximum of seven kids. You don't have to carry it. You don't have to birth it. But I want seven kids. Okay? And, mm -hmm. and you know, and, and, and I see my family as a business. When he called his wife my co-CEO, but you want yes. seven kids, you're taking care of those kids at home. And mm -hmm. your, your idea of, of family is we're a brand. He said that. My, my last name, our last name is a brand. Damn. And parenting for me is creating replications of babies. me. 
mini me. <laughs> replicating ourselves. I had to write this down because I had to make sure I was I was using his terminology. <laughs> that, that 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 training your children is replicating yourself. Minion. Not, not getting to know your children for who they are, their personalities, their we're replicating ourselves. There was so many, there was so much wrong with oh, yeah. how he said what he said. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that he doesn't really buy into how he said what he said. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that what he actually meant is different from how he portrayed it on camera. Because if you're already looking at, at, at your wife as a CEO, a co-CEO, that's submissive, sexy, and a freak, as Al said, that does not describe a partnership. When you want seven kids and you're looking at your family as a business, if you're making money, if that's your ultimate goal for yourself, then you're not in the family unit helping to train the kids and bring the kids up. Okay. And then when he said that he was hoping he could have her pregnant at on the honeymoon. honeymoon. Okay. All I heard him talk about was money and sex. Money and sex. Money and sex. It's money and sex. It was all about me. And you're gratifying me. I want someone who will gratify me. Yeah. And when he said that. Go when ahead. He said that, like pregnant on the honeymoon, I was like, you barely even know her last name at that point. Like. He does because he just gave it to her. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going to take that name. She's not keeping hers. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and I'm scared for Paige because Paige said all I've ever wanted was to be married. Yeah. And Paige wants to be the first in her family whose marriage works. Yeah. And his his setup right now is is not going to allow that to happen unless she is completely submissive to his stated ideas about marriage and family. Mm -hmm. So he scares me. Yeah. And that whole, this whole journey that they're about to go on is a little scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, I, that's my take. I definitely um, agree. I how like there's an element of them that's very much like it has to be the way that he says it, which I think like Paige is gonna go for. Like she seems like that kind of person to be like, all right, you know, you steer the ship. And I mean, I have friends like that. I have like female friends and male friends um that identify and are in heterosexual relationships that want that partnership, and for some it really works because that's exactly what they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely see that there are some red flags because like Paige is also an independent person. Like she mm -hmm. is, she is a, you know, um, an independent, driven, energetic, like fun, loving, easygoing. Like she's a great person. I really liked her. And I'm worried that if she falls back to her concerns and insecurities of being raised and um, like seeing these divorces happen through her life, she may lose some of that, wanting so much to be in a marriage that lasts and wanting him to maybe steer that ship if um, like that's just words I'm going to use for now. But um, it definitely, I, I, I see some red flags, but like I can also see her succumbing to submissiveness because he wants it. 
Ugh. And remember, he's only been out of a relationship for three months. Three months. Before this whole process. I, I was like, you're kidding. Oh, he's not even, you don't even know even if this worse. is more of a rebound thing. Mm -hmm. than, you know, for real, for real. And and also, he's the one that we got the sound clip of in the promo where he's saying, I just found out that she's pregnant. So could he be talking about his ex? Who That could be obviously referring to his sister or like like somebody else who's not a part well, of... Spoiler alert. There, there, are, there are articles out there on the internet suggesting mm -hmm. that it is his ex. So what does that mean then? How is that going to work into your whole like grand family? I'm just saying they're out on the internet. I'm not saying it's true or not, Ooh. but that I, I recently saw that floating out on the internet, and wow. you know, so you know they have to have at least one really messy, messy relationship. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch those ones. <laughs> And again, that, that brings us back to, you know, how thorough is the vetting? How, how much can you really find out from the person who you're asking about these things to tell you honestly where they are, what's going on? You know, I mean, you, you can't, you can't depend on anything else other than what they say. Um, I have I have a few friends that come from arranged marriages cultures and a, and a few of them have been already arranged married um, at this point. And the one thing I have a difficulty watching sometimes with this show is I see my friends go through arranged marriages and I see that is a whole process. They don't find a suitor today and then get married tomorrow. Mm -hmm. No, they have families invested. They um, have opinions from other people that have grown up with them and seen them go through these difficult life challenges. And they also go through an engagement process that leads up to the wedding ceremony. And I know like there's a lot of opinions on arranged marriages, especially in the US, but um, I've seen my friends go through this product of arranged marriages that can actually work. But then I see like this premise where you're only being interviewed by yourself and experts, I mean, I, I wish them the best every single time I see them be arranged. And experts have the best intentions, but even the experts don't fully mm -hmm. do. They are going off of what you tell them and right. arranging based off of their own expertise in accordance with that. And mm -hmm. so I, I see stuff like this and I'm like, oh, like, can you please get like some more opinions in there, please, about these individuals, who they really are, what's good for them, what's bad for them, that kind of thing. Yeah, and 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 you know, Married at First Sight describes itself as a modern take on arranged yeah. marriage. Modern being American, yeah, mm -hmm. quick, you know, fast, yeah. And, and, yeah, and and instant gratification. The McDonald's of arranged marriages. <laughs> I'll take a number three. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so then that, that's, the, that's the downside of this particular, you know, yeah. process. Yeah. So, I, of course, we wish Chris and Paige the best, but I don't hold out confidence that that's really going to um, evolve into a, a positive, strong relationship. Mm -hmm. I uh, Well, first, before I hop in, uh, if you don't mind me asking, Al, I uh, wanted to get your opinion on them as well. You you touched upon them a little bit. Mm -hmm. I could tell that you didn't want to uh, say too much because you're 
He was probably he had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I, I, I pretty much was. Again, from from a male perspective, again, I do have a different skew on what I think a partnership is. You know, from a typical stereotypical male point of view, um, because I do believe in balance. I do believe in equity. You know, so. You know, when you talk about the breadwinner or whatever, you know, what is what is yours? What is mine? It's ours. Hi. You know, um, initially when we came for Patty to work here, she was the breadwinner. I stayed home for a few months, you know, with a newborn baby, a brand new baby, <laughs> you know. So it was doing whatever was necessary to make the relationship and the current situation work. Um, I don't believe that there's a the, a mindset of balance uh, in in this current situation from from the perceived or projected Chris's um, perspective, mm-hmm. uh, and I I I just don't look at this world as being a male dominated world because if it were not for women we wouldn't. We wouldn't be where we are today, you know, um, and it's not like I'm a feminist or anything like that, but maybe I am. You kind of are. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I come from an environment of strong women, not that they excluded men by any means. Otherwise, we wouldn't have replication. But um, <laughs> it, it was about making the situation work. And I've, uh, to me, I believe I've taken on that mentality of making things work. You know, um, when Patty said, you know, I've done my 20 years, I really want to try and do what I do. And I've, I've seen her passion. I've seen what she has wanted to do for herself because she's an extremely talented individual and to do something or be in an environment that doesn't provide you pleasure. Um, you can't put a dollar figure on that. You just can't. And I said, well, go ahead. We'll, we'll, I'll find a way to make this work. We will find a way to make this work. And fortunately, we've been blessed and, and it has. So I don't believe that there's any place for um, you, you do what I say or this is, this is our plan. My plan mm-hmm. is our plan and this is how we're going to execute it. That's that's you're taking to me, you're depriving a person of their opportunity to bring what they have to the table to enhance the overall picture. Because, again, we are individuals. We came into this world as individuals. We're going to go out as individuals. And there's there has to be um, agreement between those who unify to enhance their situation. Otherwise, it's going to be a um, underachieved existence. You know, you you won't reach your potential if you don't allow both both parties to right yeah. to to do what they're capable yeah. of doing. You know, even if it is just to see. You know, because again, everything isn't mapped out where it's going to be successful. But if if nothing else. My concept, and this is just me and my former coach mentality, 
there's two options to whatever your experience is. You win or you learn. And that's that to me is a concept of how you move forward, because you probably learn more from what is termed losing. So I even look at that as lessons learned on what not to do. You know, they talk about um, uh, electricity. I mean, the light had 1000 um, failures before it became light, you know. <laughs> But just that one t that one success is all that we know. I mean, it changed the world. But mm -hmm. how many times did failure occur before it became a reality? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's how I feel life is, because there is no perfection in the life that we're living. Mm -hmm. You know, but there is a per there, for lack of a better term, there's a perfect effort that can be put forth to achieve mm -hmm. and, and grow and have the best lifestyle possible for everyone to progress in mm -hmm. so that's just me and my philosophy i feel like uh going for a tackle now or something coach just the the submissive word in particular that was the problem for me uh similar i'm I have a background, a tr very traditional African background with a lot of my family. And sometimes I've noticed when people are seeking that type of submissive, it's because they're not confident in their own skills and decisions, right? Like if you know you're making the right decision, you can convince your partner by laying out why you're doing this decision. Mm -hmm. And then if you're with a partner that you believe in, who's smart, just as smart as you, she can look at the, she or he can look at the facts and go, yeah, let's go that way. Yeah. When you have to go, you will do this or else that's, that's a cop out. Like you clearly aren't confident. You're just going with that because mm. you think that's the, the right thing. And that scares me when I see there's nothing wrong with finding a submissive quote unquote partner, but it's when you try to use that as a cop out because you don't want to have the talk. Like you need to be able to talk with your partner and explain to them why you're going that way. And that whole boss mentality, you do what I say because I'm the boss. The really good bosses aren't like that. They have a team of people. Some of the most successful entrepreneurs we have are, it's not a single person. It's a team of a dozen, two dozen, whatever that makes that work. And um, like, I, I think that's the thing that people forget when they go into that whole entrepreneur, I'm going to be the boss. It's like, you have, you have to take your employees, you have to take your contractors, your, your cl uh, collaborators word for things because you don't have time to do everything. There's too much stuff. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm very concerned. I, I wish them the best. And I, I think if anyone is going to make this work, I can see Paige. She seems like she has that that uh, willingness to try. So fingers crossed. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. There's, there's two word marriages. There's love and respect. And I think there's submission and compassion. Whereas a woman, as they indicate, should be submissive to their husband 
a man should have compassion for the wife and their role in that family unit. Because just like the boss and employees, boss often doesn't get hands-on experience, but he has to know what is needed by those who have the hands-on experience to ensure that the ship is always righted and, and that it's on the path that they've agreed to you know, move in. So in providing, it's not just maybe throwing money at the situation or whatever the case may be. No, there may be a need for break time. There may be a need for your, your intellect to match up and see how raising the children you know, doesn't always just need mom's perspective on how things are done, although mothers do great because they've had to. But men, we have to realize that there's a certain element that for the most part has been missed in a lot of our family dynamics that I don't believe we even realize that's not being brought to the table, you know. And, you know, we have more to offer than the paycheck. I mean, so much more. So because there's yeah. so many more women whose paycheck look a whole lot better than ours. So, okay, if that's the case, then what are you bringing to the table? You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's a balance. It's a balance mm-hmm. that, is, that is necessary that as men, we need to think about all that we are capable of bringing to a relationship. And, uh, you know, I know that there are some, some macho guys out, of, out there that's like, shoot that guy. But... <laughs> I can care less. I mean, because again, when it comes down to partnership, that's what partners are about. It's not about just being submissive and dominant. Well, it, okay. See, I was trying to be quiet. <laughs> I know we got two other couples to get to, and time is of the essence, but and this could be its own podcast too. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, and let's be let's be clear that came out of uh, out of the Bible, the Bible. okay, and, and and that's where that has come throughout the evolution of the United States and its whole you know basing itself on religious values, okay. But when when you really understand how the Bible talks about it and what it means, it is nothing hmm. like what we've created it to mean exactly. in this society between male and female roles. It is nothing like that, which is why it pushes my buttons for people to say that and be using it in a perverted way in order to talk about male dominance, because that's, that is not what the real act of submission from a biblical standpoint means. It looks nothing like that. And I'm just gonna leave it there. Okay, because like I said, we could we could go on and on about this right here. But yeah, I need to let people know that as a submissive wife, it doesn't mean dominance, power, and you know, kowtowing and and just saying yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That's not what that means. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and so John Gottman is a is an expert who has done a lot of research on relationships over the course of decades, and he talks about 
influencing in the partnership and being open to being influenced, but that has to come both ways. That is not just one person being influenced and one person influencing the entire time. It's right. one to the other and also being open and communicative about that to, you know, hey, this may not be the best course of action, action that you wanted to choose, but for the sake of the partnership, you're open to being influenced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have the podcast on them specifically <laughs> for sure at some point. <laughs> like what to learn from Chris and, well, specifically Ooh, yeah. Kristen Page. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see. see. It could work out. We don't know. Season, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he proves wrong. I really hope so. Hopefully he, yeah. you know, he he turns into a. Oh my goodness, I forgot his name already. Not Miles Woody. He turns Woody. into a Woody, yes. you know, and just surprises us the next episode. Yes. Which oh, I'm excited. So in the preview they gave for the next episode, that's going to be about the um, kickoff. You see, Amani and Woody are are talking in it. So I'm curious. yeah, they're part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can tell everyone what not to do, what to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Well, since we've given Chris and Paige some time now, let's transition over <laughs> to Eric and Virginia. So Eric is our first time divorcee who is um, being put through the married at first sight process. So he's, um, it sounds like uh, he's been divorced for several years, like doesn't really have contact with his ex anymore. That's done. Um, he's the pilot and involved in the Air Force. So like that's his career is obviously like a huge part of his life. And it sounds like that was a big part of his previous marriage, too, where he was gone a lot. Um, and then we have Virginia, who's 26. So we have another age difference here. She mm-hmm. seems very energetic, like very like down for this process, very enthusiastic about it. Um, and I think just from like first glances, I was like, oh, I could see at a high level how like this dynamic could work pretty well. But honestly, just to not bury the lead here, like I think his job is the biggest problem just because being around someone physically it has such a big impact in a relationship, especially when you're starting it. So I, I worry about that part of it, but I'll just open it up. Um, how do we feel about Eric and Virginia? Believe it or not, I, I thought that because of the age difference and because of the diversity of their lifestyles, that initially his job could be beneficial to her and her lifestyle. For the simple okay. fact that he, she puts a lot of time into her friends and the week out, the weekend hanging out and so on and so forth. Okay, now you're moving into a marriage. It's, it's not gonna be such a drastic immediate change of venue because I have to, you know, provide this attention to my husband who I now have and my life is going to change so much. Well, due to the fact that he travels as frequently as he does as a pilot, you know, he's not going to be there. So she's not going to have to make that severe change in her lifestyle and for lack of a better term, exclude her friends. So during the time that he's gone doing his job, when he comes home, she's there. When he's gone, you know, she still has, you know, her 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 lifestyle that she's familiar with, her comfort zone that she doesn't have to necessarily give up. So I think that and as being as young as she is, I think that that is can be a gradual 
progression that she can adapt to. And that's, mm-hmm. that's my, my concept and understanding this diversity. Him being 34, he understands what his responsibilities are. And he achieved it at the expense of his first marriage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now I think he's more amenable and, and adaptable, understanding what his job requirements are. He knows that when he comes home, he's got to give what he he needs to to his relationship. She has to she has the opportunity because of his travel to move into the marriage. I guess gradually, so to speak, you know, and not forfeit all that she's known throughout her past. And yet I see that as a problem. <laughs> I mean, all of that is true. But then what happens when he's home and now she's got to, I, it, it could be a problem. It could be good that she can move into marriage, a marriage lifestyle gradually, but it could also hinder their ability to bond the way they need to. Unless now that he's achieved all the levels in the Air Force and everything that he wanted to achieve, that it's not quite as taxing on him, you know. But I I think for her being such a party girl, that's how she described herself. We like Mm -hmm. to go out, we like to drink, get drunk, have fun. That's that, you know, drink, get drunk, have fun. (laughs) That, you know, at 26, you know, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. That's what some people do. Um, and at 34, having been married before, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I think that, that her bringing it down and, and I was seeing her more like Woody, um, Agu, that whole party vibe, like to go out, have fun, hang out with my friend. You know, I'm hoping that she's like him in that once she, you know, gets married, that she'll be wanting to make that, that change. Mm-hmm. If the gradual change means that it's better for her, great. But I hope that it doesn't become an obstacle because it will take them longer to bond and make that intimate connection mm-hmm. if he's still having to travel as much as he does. Mm-hmm. I thought for them, there are some things I liked, which was, you know, hey, they balance each other out in their energy wise. But then I wasn't sure if that was an extreme either because she's like on one end of the spectrum going out with her friends and he's like on the other end of the spectrum like I just want to put my plane all the time you know and like um and I was wondering if I mean that could be fun for them and coming together because like that's also a fun experience to like be in a private plane with somebody that's you know that could also be fun in her eyes but I was worried that maybe they're a little too far opposite of the energy spectrum and then the other thing that was a red flag for me seeing them together was when she talked about her um concerns and being abandoned and that like connection that she needs with someone and a partner and I saw that as a pilot so I have a neighbor that's a pilot and I also have you talk about being in the reserve and being deployed I come from a big military family and seeing that partner leave for an extended period of time that partner that stays back has to be very strong and has to be able to go without concern of that partner leaving them while they're abroad or while they're gone or when they come back. 
And I was worried that maybe for her, it could be a little much. I mean, a pilot, like you're not gone for six months at a time, like deployment, but he has been deployed. Um, and I'm worried that maybe she could see that as like, uh, if she gets in her own head overthinking it, is like, oh my gosh, like he doesn't want to be with me. He's abandoning me. He doesn't want to, like we saw in previous seasons with um, Katie, for example, when Matt would, am I saying, no, Amber, Amber's her name, but, and mm -hmm. would stay home and Matt wouldn't come back for the night. Um, I'm worried that she may fall into that um, self-doubt if she is alone for those days where he has to be gone, you know, and stay the night in another city because he has to fly back in the next morning um, as a pilot. And so I was worried that for them, but I also want to caveat that is that he, as we've talked about, has been in a marriage before, realizes his responsibilities and, and you know, um, compromises and the work to put forward in it. And he may just realize that in her right away and is like, all right, I know how to handle this. I'm here. So I think there are some pros and cons to them. I just am interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, I... Um, so I don't know a pi any pilots in my personal life. I do know, well, used to be a lot closer with a few flight attendants and the one other flight attendant that is in this season that we will talk about next, probably they're like that, you know, um, very outgoing party like, and it's a little it's hard to like maintain um, firm relationships. I think when you're constantly traveling, constantly seeing people, constantly getting hit on, if you're potentially, if you're a flight attendant, that's a thing that happens quite a bit. Like, I think that's an element. And it's funny, he mentioned, uh, I have some pilots who have like wives and different like that's a stereotype for a reason, you know, but he seems so genuine. And so um, like, I really liked his interview. I, I totally understand why they picked him um, very level headed and just mm -hmm. like he knew what was the reason that he was in that situation and he learned from it. And I, I think he is going to make a great husband. Similar to, it seems like we're all saying this. I, I am a little more concerned on her just because she seems younger. Yeah. You know, I, I could see in her in three or four years. At 26, I was also, <laughs> well, maybe not as much, but 25, I was definitely drinking and having fun. And I, I, I'm not one to judge. I've, yeah. I've stumbled home very drunk uh, and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, Uber. So <laughs> I made it home. I never drive. Ubers, Ubers for the Ubers all the way. But um, so also, yes, I did make it home. <laughs> uh, so that could definitely be a, a thing with them. But yeah, I, I'm not. I couldn't get that much of her personality i just got fun girl from her hopefully we get to see a little bit more yeah um going forward yeah i felt like i couldn't get a good read on her she just kind of seemed like generic party girl to me of like you know living kind of the single life and very social and going out and all that kind of stuff um i think that's totally natural for that age i mm -hmm. like i get that that when the experts are talking about like why they are putting her with him 
it was kind of like, oh, she'll kind of bring this like fun, younger energy and like kind of add in that more playful kind of thing into his life. And to me, that's kind of like, I, I don't see a lot of the reasons why like they as two specific individuals should be together. But I think that could just be how she comes off in like interviews and like the five minutes of screen time we get with her asking like really high level questions. So I don't know how much weight to put into that. I don't know. I, so I'm not really sure about her. He seems very earnest. He does seem pretty self-aware, like able to admit past mistakes and the, like his past marriage and like understanding like why things didn't work out. I wonder the specifics of like how much time he's actually gone because I know the like little I do know about like being a pilot and like flight attendant is the longer that you're with a certain company, the better your schedule gets. So you have more control over it. So if he's been in that career for a long time, has gotten to a certain level, maybe yes, he travels a lot, but maybe it's like one or two nights a week or something. Maybe it's not, I I don't know, like it could be anything. So it's hard to, hard to say. Um, But as someone who like, you know, one of my love languages is quality time. That would be really hard to have like a partner gone all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, especially when you're starting out, I'm wondering how much he's going to actually be around and how his career is going to interact with um, their new relationship. So we'll see. I don't know. It seems like maybe, maybe fine, maybe not. Um, I just don't really know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, COVID really, affected the airline industry quite a bit so you know he hopefully i i want i'm hoping his job is secure and and safe but there has been quite a bit of cutbacks so maybe his hours are going to be more reduced or something and he'll be home more than he typically would hopefully it's not a job you can do remotely so (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) Or owning his own queen could even beef up his opportunity if, you know, that's that, the case where he's let go from the airline that he can do private charters or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, he has a, a very sought after skill. Like that's mm-hmm. yeah. a problem finding work. It's just what works for the lifestyle that you want. So yeah. we'll see. All right. Last but not least, we have Ryan and Clara, which I am one just rooting for them because we don't see a lot of interracial couples on this show. And like, spoiler alert, I'm in an interracial relationship and it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't necessarily relate to Clara very much really at all, but I mean, at the very least having like a little bit of like that type of relationship representation is pretty cool. So maybe you should go first then this time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, (laughs) I just, I, I'll just start with, I like Ryan a lot. He seems very earnest. He seems, um, I don't know. He just seems like he's kind of ready for this. He's thought about it a lot. He has like a very, very regimented kind of lifestyle that I think, you know, could be benefited by having a partner to kind of like bring in new things some new energy like I think he was the one that was like I have the same smoothie every morning like I do 
Agreed. two to three hours of working out every night. And I'm like, that's probably going to change, bud. Like you're going to have to have some like free time for your person. And, you know, so like, I, I think he could be a really, really great person for that. He seems, sorry, dog. He seems <laughs> very empathetic and, um, like he talks about like growing up in a community where he was like one of just a couple like kids of color in school and like how he's just kind of had to be like in that environment. And then I, I, that's not my, my experience. So I can't speak to that, but like, I would think that that fosters a lot of empathy and like in the independence and um, that kind of thing. So I feel like he has a lot to give with Clara she just kind of comes off as like kind of fake party girl to me. I don't really know what, like she was the one that had like jello shots in her fridge, which like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, it's not like a marriage can't exist with somebody who makes jello shots, but like we're in a different life stage right now than we're talking about. So like, how is this going to go? And it, I, I don't know. I didn't get that same level of like emotional maturity and like earnestness from her. And so I just hope that, She's going to take it seriously and give it her best shot and be a good partner to him. Um, it's early. We'll see. So I don't know. What, what y'all think? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. If I'm not mistaken, and I understand your point, the jello shots were a request from someone for a party or something like that. That wasn't her normal consumption. That <laughs> shots. But I think her her diversity, her experiences, you know, bring a certain comfort to that type of relationship for the simple fact that she's experienced, you know, all spectrums of, of nationalities, so to speak, or, or ethnicities. Um, him being a product of a mixed relationship as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he has somewhat more of a conservative um, outlook on life for the simple fact that he's had to negotiate and navigate certain things. I myself have been in a predominantly black environment for the simple fact that I work at an HBCU, but I, my schooling and upbringing has been in some uh, predominantly white private institutions and things of that nature where I've had to kind of navigate through um, biracial situations and, and alternative situations where, you know, trying to figure this out as a youngster, you know, made me more adaptable to whatever situations I now find myself in. So um, I think both of them, because of their experiences, bring a, a, a type of freedom to their connection that neither one of them really have to really concern themselves with because of the lifestyle that they've already led. Um, mm -hmm. It's just literally about focusing on each other. And I think because of their experiences that that's all they have to really deal with. You know, once they realize, because again, this new blindfold situation, they don't get to see each other until they're literally right in front of one another. Um, I think that that almost, once they open their eyes, kind of will have a, 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 
I guess for lack of a better term, a freedom, you know, mm-hmm. once they see each other, you know, it's like, I just need to get to know you, you know, and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, totally abstract and so abnormal that, you know, they can't be their genuine selves. So that's me. I, I couldn't, I didn't really get a read on her. I felt about her, what you guys said about Virginia, because literally on my notes, all I have next to her name is flight attendant. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that she likes guys with flavor. That's all I got. So (laughs) I don't, you know, I I did, you know, see him as being, you know, extremely uh, rigid um you know just conservative um and 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 say he he grew up in a predominantly white rural conservative environment mm-hmm. yeah that's, that'll do but you know so i i with them i'm just waiting to see how it unfolds um cuz i i really don't have i couldn't get a read on on her as described by herself, because it didn't seem like she talked a lot about herself or her background. It felt very fluffy kind of stuff that she was yeah. saying. So I, you know, so so for me, it, it would be a, a thing of you know what will what will her evolution be like through this process that we get to see, and then how will that you know uh, integrate or mesh with what we already know about him. So I personally, so there are some things that when someone brings up, I I just like automatic triggers for me, like saying the word picky. And for me, every single time someone has tried to self-proclaim how amazing dater I am, I don't like that. And so when she was talking about how racially agnostic I am to dating, I was like, oh, please, like, don't try to be this self-proclaimed. Like, (laughs) and I, I was a little turned off by that comment. Um, and then in addition to that, when she kept like trying to like boast herself, talking about activism is so important to her. And like, I, I, Hey, please like, like be active. Like there are definitely things that we all need to support, but it seemed a little bit forced for me. Um, and maybe, you know, interview, you're trying to put your best foot forward. You want to make sure to mention everything, you know, to make you look good, but I wasn't sure. So I'm curious to see as we get to know her more is, are these things that actually stick around? Or is this something you wanted to mention in the interview? Make sure people know about you up front. And then it's like, all right, cool. Thanks. You know, bye. So I'm interested to see how they develop. But I, from the bat, her vibes, I didn't really, they didn't really seem genuine, like you were saying, Ashley. I didn't really see that in her. Um, but from Ryan, he gave me also vibes from, um, I'm forgetting everybody's name. But <laughs> previous. From a different season. What? Previous season. From previous yeah. season. Yeah, um, they had a baby right away, and they're Southern. Oh, Bobby and Danielle. Bobby, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yeah. The vibe I got yeah. From him. And like, hey, maybe that's just his lifestyle, and that's like he knows what he wants, and this is him yeah. and cool. Um, but like, that's all I got. <laughs> that's a great point. He's yeah, he's definitely the uh, the mixed uh, Bobby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. I um I 
So I, that was my initial thoughts too. You mentioned it in the interview when she said like protesting. I'm like, do you feel like you have to say that if you're dating, you know, um, someone outside of your race? But I then put myself in their shoes. And I think like there's, she knows that she's dating someone outside of her race. Like the amount of questions she received that were dating outside of your race related and I have a feeling during the interview, they were specifically trying to touch upon race-related things, right? So like when she said the whole data, the color of the rainbow thing, like that that feels like in her first interview, she mentioned it. Like I, from what I've read out the process, you have multiple interviews. Mm-hmm. She had to repeat that line multiple times. And I, that's what I'm trying to tell myself because if she just threw that out of, um, nowhere i like the fear is like it's a fetish thing so i i get why people would be like uh like you that's weird but i think she just had to say that because that's the all the questions she received that's me giving her the benefit of the doubt um so i i there's that and then in terms of him i think he is like you said, a Bobby, definitely like the Southern gentleman, um, very, you know, all American football and like barbecues with the family. Like I just, he seems, the hair is a bit weird to me. I don't, maybe I'm. <laughs> Another you know, hair I'm comment. Just, <laughs> but like what's with the. Strange, big the, weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a modern take on a mohawk. It's a mohawk that's sleeping. I've done weird stuff with my hair. I can't judge, but I just I'm like that's okay. That's interesting. Um, so I think he is ready for this process. And I, if you're going to pick someone for the first interracial, uh contestant on the show. I think he's actually a good choice. He's he's <laughs> ambiguous enough that I had no idea what he was. I'm like, I don't know if you're black or um Hispanic or like he's just he's everything, you know. Um so there's that. He's very wholesome from his interview. So I th- I think they'll be I could see them working out. Um just seeing more of her personalities. Uh, and then the ending portion where she talked about the whole booty call and ex yeah. reaching out. Mm-hmm. Um, she used the term, he wanted to read a book, which I've never heard someone refer to booty call as that before. I don't know if that's a Southern thing. <laughs> I, I uh, not, not that we know of, we're in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm old. I never hadn't, hadn't heard that phrase. <laughs>